Kia Hello and welcome to Liberty Now. This is the show for discerning minds and common sense. I'm your host, John Verd. Here we're going to take a look at the big picture behind the distractions and the false narratives of the dying, corrupt legacy media. We seek the truth and we can think for ourselves. Thank you very much. Please be sure to subscribe to this show on your favorite podcast player app. And don't worry about taking notes while you listen. You can get all the links, files, and show notes for this episode at libertynow.com. All right. Today, we're talking about the coming financial chaos. Some of you are like, yeah, John, we already know about that. Uh, Some of you are not so sure. But, uh, you know, this is part of Klaus Schwab's, what he calls the Great Reset. Uh, You may have heard about the World Economics Uh, World Economic Forum's plans for CBDCs or talk of UBI, Universal Basic Income, uh, all of which I have no intention of participating in myself. And uh, in future episodes, I'm going to talk about some things we can do about that. I've actually been meeting with uh, a group at a community center that uh, you will be very interested to learn about. Now, uh, I'm not a financial advisor, but my guest today is a financial coach And we'll be talking about some of these things and his new book, God's Way to Financial Freedom. All right. Joe, how's it going? Doing great. How's yourself? Awesome. Really good. Really good. And um, before we get into our discussion, uh, I want to play a seven-minute clip of Corey Bernardi on Sky News because he really hits the nail on the head, I felt, here and uh, we need to be paying attention to what he's talking about, and and even you're going to get into that even a little bit more, Joe. Um, but I'll play that clip for you now. There is so much of significance going on in the world that totally dominates the media cycle. You know, we're talking interest rate rises, war, politics, but believe me, it's all a part of a steady diet of distraction. Now I say distraction because there are many other things going on that receive next to no public attention but they really do have the potential to influence your life. Now, some of them involve our regular sparring partners on this program, people or groups like the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. Take, for example, the United Nations. The UN is warning that the world is headed towards a global recession and prolonged stagnation unless we quickly change the current policy course of monetary and fiscal tightening in advanced economies. That's contained in a new report released by the UN Conference on Trade and Development. It goes on to say, the policy-induced global recession could be worse than the global financial crisis of 2007 to 2009 and adds excessive monetary tightening and inadequate financial support could expose developing world economies further to cascading crises. And while all regions will be affected, alarm bells are ringing most for developing countries many of which are edging closer to debt defaults. Let me put that in plain language to you. As the Western world puts up interest rates and stops the money printing, the world is grinding to a halt and it could cause a catastrophic financial problem. But the underlying undercurrent of this is that if we didn't have so many pesky governments and inept politicians to ruin our lives, then maybe we wouldn't be driven into this recession. And I suspect the United Nations means things would be so much better if the UN, in all its unelected wisdom, was actually running the world. Then you see they could enact more policies from 
our overlords at the World Economic Forum, we speak about them all the time here, they are still keen on transforming the world in their image via the Great Reset and the grandly titled Fourth Industrial Revolution. And I have to say, they sound somewhat buoyant over how things are progressing thus far. See, right now, the WF are providing a platform for those pushing a My Carbon Initiative. And okay, they'll describe it differently, but in my words, it's essentially a personal carbon social credit system that will track everything you do, everything you buy, everything you eat. It's like Big Brother. Now, to understand why the WF are so happy, I'm going to quote directly from their website. Here it goes. COVID-19 was a test of social responsibility. A huge number of unimaginable restrictions for public health were adopted by billions of citizens across the world. There were numerous examples globally of maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, mass vaccinations, and acceptance of contract tracing applications for public health, which demonstrated the core of individual social responsibility. That's the WF's words. And why wouldn't they be encouraged by that? I mean, the world accepted unimaginable restrictions with nary a whimper. Imagine, just imagine how that is going to embolden their next PSYOPs projects as they attempt to enslave us all. And they're also boasting about their fourth industrial revolution. It's making progress, apparently. And they're using blockchain technology, likely, which will be integrated with central bank digital currencies, to keep track of everything we do. But it's all to save the planet, of course. That's why, you see, they advocate increased costs for carbon-intensive activities. Now, these activities are things like transport, construction, electricity and the like. And they also want to reduce demand for certain, quote, unspecified things. But I'm guessing they mean the important stuff that I just discussed that really builds a civilised society. But, of course, it could also include, say, meat, air travel, how many children you can have. I mean, who knows how far they want to take this demand reduction in the name of decarbonising the planet. And to top it all off, they want the setting of personal levels of acceptable emissions and a new definition of a fair share of personal emissions to enter the lexicon. Nothing to worry about there at all, is there? Now... If you are a conspiracy theorist, which is actually the name the left give to those who can predict the future with remarkable accuracy, you might think this is all happening by design. I mean, the WEF have been upfront about their gender for us. WEF founder Klaus Schwab even wrote about it in a book entitled The Great Reset. That's where you'll own nothing and be happy. And we do see a global coordination of attacks on our way of life, on our customs, our morals and our values. Now, these attacks are levied on nation states as well who oppose this agenda by extraordinary and what I consider to be illegal sanctions of those governments and of individuals residing there. Our Anglosphere leaders, they're meant to be the ones representing the free world. Well, they're also pushing global censorship and global taxation. They are weaponising law enforcement and tax collectors against those who resist. And these same leaders celebrate movements that rely on deceit and destruction and chaos to divide society, while a largely compliant media mostly report only the official interpretation of events. These agents of political change are now so emboldened they will happily lie 
and they seem to have no fear of being exposed. And that's why they seem happy to misrepresent everything from war to science, from economics to biology, in order to condition you to actually accept what is unacceptable. Now, these things had been done before our very eyes, and yet most people refuse to see it. So many still labour under the belief that government does what it does for our benefit. But if that were true, would our nation be nearly $1 trillion in debt? Would Europe be on the cusp of a financial contagion? Would America be a society divided by racial and identity politics? And if government was so helpful, why would allowing all of us to keep more of the money we earn be deemed so controversial amongst politicians? I mean, surely we're capable of spending our money better than any government can. The truth of the matter is that governments around the world are truly desperate. They've made such a mess of things that we're actually on the brink of ruin. And that's why they want these magnificent distractions that I spoke of earlier. They're hoping the more you focus on the light at the end of the tunnel, that you won't see the train that's heading your way. Uh, yeah, Joe, what were your thoughts? Uh, I, I thought he was just spot on with everything. I think we've got uh, such, there's, there's a banking cartel that's basically controlling the world uh, through central banks right. and uh, follow the money. I mean, uh, Amshaw Rothschild, one of the uh, banking dynasty family members uh, made a comment uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but uh, give me control of a nation's money and I care not who makes the laws. Yeah. I'm familiar with that quote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's something we really need to be aware of. Uh, in fact, uh, a lot of people still aren't aware that the federal reserve is not federal. It's uh, private banks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. And so we are beholden to the whims of whatever they want to do with our, our whole economy. And it is is just real eye-opening once you start to realize. But uh, Joe, uh, I would like to learn more about your book. Tell us a little bit more, like, uh, first of all, a little bit about your background and, and what brought you to, uh, to write about that. Well, uh, I studied the Federal Reserve for over 30 years, um, and I always knew the problem, but I never knew a solution. Um, and, and I understood the boom and bust cycles, what was causing them. And I read a book uh, by my late mentor, Nelson Nash, called Becoming Your Own Banker. And whenever we were talking, he had mentioned to me that he said, well, Joe, this is a grassroots method to secede from that. He said, because the banks do not, you know, they only have to keep a, a fractional reserve, reserve of money they have loaned out, unlike the insurance companies that they have to keep a full reserve. So whenever he you know, taught me that, that was my big why because of the knowledge I had about the Federal Reserve, because I was always frustrated because, OK, well, I know what, you know, what the problem is, but what do you do? And um, right. so it, that's where, you know, that's where I got into really delve, you know, started to delve into what the gold, gold standard was, you know, how we're not on a gold standard anymore. Um, you know, from 1834 to 1933, one tri ounce of gold was equal to $20.67. So in 1910, you could take a one ounce gold coin or $20 bill in and buy a very nice suit. Fast forward to today, you can't do that with $20 yeah. bill. But go yeah. that gold coin in for, you know, uh, 15 to $1,800 an ounce. Say, say you get 1500 out of it. Um, take the $20 off, you've lost $1,480 of purchasing power. 
So that's what inflation really is that people just don't understand. Right, right. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, I want to say it was um, Mike Adams, the health ranger. I, I don't know if you ever listened to him. He, he talks a lot about cryptos and, uh, you know, our financial um, system, among other things about, you know, health and wellness. But uh, one of his guests had brought up, uh, I think he had been a financial advisor and he had a client who had invested uh, like a couple million dollars with him from an inheritance, uh, you know, about 20 years ago, no, 40 years ago. And uh, he had done, you know, pretty well for him. I think he'd earned about, uh, I don't know, consistently 15% or something over the years. And um, I forget what, he, I think the total value of what he had uh, invested ended up being worth like, uh, I don't know, 10 million or something like that. And he said if he had purchased gold at the time and just kept buying gold or had bought, put all that money in gold, fast forward 40 years, it would have been worth like 40 million or something. Right, right. Like significantly yes. more. Uh, gold is, yeah. you know, maintains, maintains the value. It has a store of value that, you know, right. the, uh, nothing else has. Right, right. Um, so uh, I loved, I, so I've started digging into your book. Um, I've read about half of the first chapter and I, I noticed you're really grounded in the constitution and our sovereignty. And, um, you know, also, you know, of course, the title of the book, God's Way, you know, may not be as appealing to the atheists out there, but I think there's a lot of wisdom you can glean from the Bible, from the Constitution. Um, what, what led you that direction and, and what makes you feel like that's superior? Well, I, I, in my lifetime at, at 61 years old, I, I've seen the public servants that are voted in and they say they're going to do something uh, and they don't do one, what they're going to, what they say they're going to do, but it's just gotten even worse. And, you know, as I started to real, you know, research history and all they wanted to do was protect everybody's life, liberty and property. And that's really what the essence of the, the Constitution is. Right. And, and I explained to people, I said, you know, we are allowing public servants and their servants. They're not everybody calls them leaders. And, right. and that's where we you know, I try to correct everybody whenever they're, they say hey, our leaders. I said, look, they're they're there to serve us. You know, they're, whenever they're yeah, out, thank you, you know, for saying public. that. Yeah, because whenever they're out in public, they're like us. They're they're we the people. But whenever they're in public positions uh, and and servants, they have to follow the constitution. They have to you know everything that they do should be be grounded around protecting life, liberty, and property. And I tell people too, if you if you take the tenets, those three tenets, and you try to you know filter any social ec or economic problem we're having right now, and it will fall under one or a combination of those three. And so somebody's violating, you know, those uh, areas in everybody's life, you know, like right now with our monetary system. I mean, you know, Congress has passed the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. Right. And everybody gets hung on the uh, the party lines. And I said, well, both parties have had control of the House and the Senate since 1913. They've know, they know we've lost over 90% of the purchasing power of our dollar and neither, no party has you know, abolished the Federal Reserve. Um, and, and if we did that, most people do not realize if the Federal Reserve was abolished today, the majority of our debt disappears because that's interest that we're paying to them on Treasury, on our bonds, which is our debt, that they, don't, they right. didn't pay anything for anyway. 
Right. So, and it was very unpopular idea, actually. I think early on, when people were more grounded, uh, more politically aware, I suppose, uh, in, especially Congress was, you know, more in charge as they should be. They they were voting it down. Uh, w- w- it was Roosevelt that snuck in the uh, Federal Reserve Act, was it? Yeah. Well, it was. Uh, he was the one that. Uh, uh, well, yes, Roosevelt did. Yes, I'm. I'm sorry. I was thinking about FDR. He changed the gold standard. But uh, right. Yes, you're right. Roosevelt. Yep. And and yeah, it was it was all done whenever the majority of the the uh, Congress went home and they passed it over a weekend with like a almost like a skeleton crew of what they need. Right, right. They, they always do that. They wait until like you know Christmas Eve. You know nobody's there. Right. It's exactly. So criminal. Uh, and well, I mean, and and even we won't. I guess we won't get into the the IRS, but that's that wasn't really constitutionally um, enacted either, was it? It's just sort of color of law now, isn't it? Correct. Correct. And it, yeah. basically, the IRS was there to collect money for the Federal Reserve. That, that, that's basically what it was, you know, in a nutshell, is what it, what it boiled down to. Right. It's unbelievable. Uh, and, and here we are just kind of going along with it. Um, this is this is why I really like talking to folks like you to to bring this to public awareness. Um, so uh, before we get into uh, more of the book, just briefly, like, what are your thoughts on um, precious metals? You, you said it's a good store of value uh, versus crypto. Um, have you followed crypto much? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, my concern with crypto is it's another fiat currency because it's really not right. backed by anything. I know people say that it's backed by, well, what people are doing with it. But the problem with it is there's, and, and I'm, I'm against regulation, don't get me wrong, and I know that's what crypto is about is to try to deregulate what's right. going on. But you have to have, like the gold standard, it was there that it basically controlled the Congress from spending too much, um, you know, and it kept a, a balanced uh, uh, economy. You know, because if you're not just printing money, there's two things that happen. Whenever we were taken off the gold standard in 1971, um, Nixon just removed all the checks and balances of just printing money. Right. Um, Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So now you have no um, no way to to even um, calculate you know, the funny money that's in the economy, you know, because you're right. just printing more money. There's well, no value there. Right. It's not tied to anything like precious metals. Cool. There's there's no stable um, value, uh, which is, yeah, valid concern, I think, with uh, crypto. And then there's uh, the CBDCs, the, the uh, central bank digital currencies, which are being proposed by the World Economic Forum, uh, right. w- which is even worse because... That's that's again going back to the central banks, one uh, you know central control of something that was ostensibly supposed to give us more sovereignty, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, how how close do you think we are, Joe? To um, do you think they'll get away with uh, pushing CBDCs on us, and and how how might they do that? I, I really think people's eyes are being opened. I think this pandemic really opened a lot of people's eyes worldwide. Yeah. And and what the the 
and I hate to call powers to be or anything, but those that are controlling everything through the monetary system, through, you know, the regulatory agencies that are not for the people. It's all about the those that are in control of everything. And, and I think they pushed too many buttons that I think that people are to the point now that they're they've had enough. They're going to stand up because. If you remember after the, um, I forget what it was, shortly after the COVID, they started to relax all the regulations and stuff. Um, and then there was some other flu or something that they were trying to say, hey, we've got to go back to masks and stuff. And people were just like, no, we're not doing all that again. You know, so I, I think I think people start to push back. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think there is an awakening there, uh, you know, just, you know, day to day walking around talking to people, I'm, I'm hearing more and more grumbling, which is great. Um, but that's like the first step. You know, wh- what do we do about it? When, when the uh, politicians, our public servants, aren't obeying us, they're not following the rule of law, they're not, they're clearly not going to prosecute a lot of the criminals. We're seeing indictments, you know, for example, right now uh, with Joe Biden's son uh, around the whole Burisma thing. It doesn't look like right. there's going to be any jail time for anybody there. So what right. w- what do we do? Do we, um, you know, withdraw our money from the banks? Do we not uh, do we not put our money into the you know the the big institutions? What do you think? Well, that's why I teach the the concept with life insurance because if we use the mutually owned companies, everybody it's like a it's like a credit union on steroids is how I explain it to people oh, okay. because everybody's pulling their money together to solve future finance needs and future death benefits. And it's a win-win for everybody because uh, we use, we only use companies that are hundred years old. They have, they have had to have paid a dividend even during the great depression and they're mutually owned by the policyholders. And these companies are strong. Uh, you know, the, the one company that we use predominantly right now for every dollar they have loaned out, they have $7 in reserve. Well, if banks wow. were running their companies like these insurance companies, we wouldn't have bank runs. We, I mean, because they're full reserve. I mean, if the insurance companies can do it, that's proof. And they've been proving it for over 100 years, um, even during the Great Depression, whenever people were losing money in the stock market and losing money in the bank failures, the, these companies were still paying dividends and people still had access to their money. Right. Well, so, that, that makes sense because they're they're going to have obligations. They don't know when they're going to come due, but they, they have to pay out, right? Or face lawsuits, I suppose. Yep. And, right. and these these companies that are mutually owned by the policyholders have never had any default like that. They're, you know, they've, you know, not the stock companies did. Like uh, there was two or three companies, big name companies, uh, that demutualized, they were mutual companies and they demutualized in the late nineties. And then, uh, during the 2001 and 2008 crash, whenever there was bailout money, they had to take bailout money. These mutually owned companies do not take bailout money because they're solid. They don't need it. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. And, you know, that's kind of a new concept to me. So is, is that sort of the core of your, um, sort of, and uh, financial advice is is around these mutually owned um, insurance companies. Yes, and and I do tell people I said it's it's good to have some you know precious metals, and that that just all depends on what a person's comfortable with, how much of their assets that they want to put in precious metals, you know, gold or silver. Um, uh, but the the thing with our money is you know. 
take the banks, for example, they know that the more they use the money, the more they're making money. So right. that's the same concept that we're teaching to people. As a matter of fact, what's, what's really ironic, banks are the ones that are creating inflation with fractional reserve lending. So right. what people don't understand is Bank of America, as of the 2019 FDIC report, has over $22 billion in cash value life insurance on their current and past executives. Wow. That's just cash value. That's not the death benefits. Wow. So what's happening is they've got this money that they're using because they know it, it keeps up with the inflation that they hedge against the increasing cost of the health benefits for their employees. And they also uh, use it to, you know, as a bank to build a brick or mortar buildings and pay themselves back. So they know the, the value of it. Um, and that's what I tell people. I said, so if banks that create inflation are using the same process, why aren't we? Right. Yeah. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, now I, am sure a lot of people have sort of a, a bad taste in their mouth about insurance companies as an industry, uh, in general. Um, but, you, right. but you said, uh, there's a difference between the ones that you recommend, uh, a being, um, old and well-established. I mean, that obviously establishes a, a good history. Um, Correct. W- and what else is it about them that makes them different that, than the average, um, big name insurance company? Well, the insurance companies that are regulated by the um, states that are mutually owned by the policyholders, those do not have stockholders. The policyholders are basically the stockholders. So the company has to be beholden to them and not somebody that's a stockholder in a stock company that may or may not have a policy. Right. Well, that that makes perfect sense. So it's like the end user is the stakeholder. Uh, right. And, and therefore, there's more responsibility to them. That's, yeah, yeah that, that makes perfect sense. Um, so as we talked about early on, you know, we're, and I th- think you would agree, we're, we're headed towards some financial chaos. What, what exactly, yes. how it's going to play out, you know, none of us can really say. There are, are those things like the CBDCs, there, there are rumblings of, you know, maybe a great national or global emergency, maybe another attempt at a pandemic or uh, we hear a Senate testimony right now about aliens, the possible alien invasion. You know, what it, who knows what they're going to use? But it's, right. it seems there's something just ready to happen in the not too distant future that's going to precipitate this reset or this big change. Um, does that change your outlook in sort of how you are um, encouraging people to invest or or change their investments? I still think right now it's it's better to be in the uh, insurance products uh, because you still have access to your money. Um, and, you know, I tell people, I said, you know, go ahead and hedge yourself with some gold or silver. Yep. You know, that's fine. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that there's historically, as you've looked, as you look at the other financial vehicles, um, mostly everything else, Uncle Sam has his hands in. So whenever you yeah. go to cash stocks, you know, you got to pay capital gains. If you're taking money out of your 401k, you're going to pay ordinary income tax whenever you, you are start, aren't able to start taking it out at 59 and a half. Well, what about the people that need that money even before they're 59 and a half? Their money's locked up. Um, right. I, I had a client recently that um, was trying to get their money out of their 401k. Now, this was last year whenever people were losing a lot of money in, in the stock market. And uh, she could not get her money out of there. So they've locked her into losses and, and she can't get her money out. 
Wow. Was that written into the contract or did they change? Yeah, that's what Yep, that's that is what they've done with all of these 401ks. I have a video on uh, wow. my website that um, it's from Bloomberg uh, right after the 2008 crash. Now you can't find this; it's a it's a terrible audio and video, but it's 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 you know legible and you can hear it. Um, but that's the only copy that I can find because it, it disappeared. They 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 just you know the, the mainstream oh. does not have it out. There yeah, but they. Well, if you can get it to me, if you have a link or a file, you can send me. I'll be happy to post it up on the website for folks to check it out. Absolutely. I can do that. Great. Yeah. I'll make a note of that. Uh, it's If you go to the, the Tavaldi.com, uh, my website, and go to the call to action page, I have it on the about, you know, towards the end of the page. Oh, you've got it's it hosted there? there? Okay. Buy. Super. Yep. Great. I will send folks or I'll uh, put up the link for that in the show notes as well on libertynow.com. That's great. Um, So I'm, you know, not very, uh, I wouldn't say like I'm really savvy in, uh, you know, investments and and finances other than, you know, I just, I know I don't want to keep all my eggs in one basket, for example, all the money in the bank. So, yeah, I think it is advisable to, to start investing in some precious metals. But as far as like how the um, how does it work for investors who are putting their money into these? These are these aren't mutual funds. These are like insurance policies. Correct. Right. Yes. And so how liquid people- is your investment? Uh, are these more like bonds or how does that work? You can uh, if, if you need a policy loan, uh, you can have it within max 10 business days, but it's usually quicker than that. So, you know, if, if somebody needs it immediately, you know, we can call the company and say, Hey, you know, this is a reason, you know, we, we need it. You know, we had a, a person that um, uh, needed it for a real estate deal and we had it with them for him within 24 hours. He needed a wow. hundred thousand out of the policy. So, so it's, it's, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's very liquid. Um, uh, there's, there's no other financial vehicle that I know of that has the, the use of liquidity, the guaranteed growth, you know, our clients never lose money. They have guaranteed growth every year. And it's not what the insurance company is doing with the policy, although they, they are doing well because they're, you know, they've been in business for this long, but it's more what a person's going to do with it. So, you know, your finance costs, you know, people don't realize that they pay more in interest for the use of somebody else's money, or if they're paying cash, they're giving up the future growth of that money uh, because it's gone after they pay cash. So with, with the life insurance is we recycle our money in and out of the policies you're, you're then bringing it back to yourself to do all over again, you know, to have it there to use over and over and over again. And people will start off with vehicles and they'll build up policies where they can eventually attack their mortgage and, you know, pay their mortgage off. We actually had a client that took, uh, during the COVID relief, they allowed um, uh, people to take money out of their 401k without penalty. Mm. Now you just had to pay your income tax. Yeah. Um he took out 250 out of his, he closed his 401k, he took 250,000 out, put it in a lump sum. And then I think he was paying 2000 a month going forward. But in, in a matter of uh, 30 days, uh, he took a policy loan for 210,000, paid his mortgage off. Now he's making his mortgage payments back to himself. So wow. what he was giving to the mortgage company, he's going to be giving back to himself, you know, until he pays the mortgage off. That's fantastic. So that's one scenario way to do it. Wow. Wow. That's brilliant. Um, so, as we say, you know, we're, we're heading into unprecedented times. And um, let me throw a curveball here and just 
ask what you think about. Um, are, I don't know if you've looked at um, any videos by Edward Doubt. He used to work, work in the financial sector, and he's been monitoring very closely the death numbers uh, since COVID, since the introduction of the COVID-19 jab. And, you know, of course, the media is trying to spin it as though uh, these are COVID deaths, but uh, it, it, it coincides perfectly with uh, the introduction of the jab. And it's the exact same symptoms that were predicted would happen um, on a lot of these death certificates. Anyway, regardless of what you think the cause, we, we're seeing an unprecedented increase in death. We'll just call it cause unknown. But the insurance companies are well aware of this. Um, and are they able to keep up with uh, the payments when you have such a spike in deaths? You know, this is happening. This is a global phenomenon. I've actually called and talked to some of the companies to ask them if they are having any issues. And they said no, because they've they plan for anything. You know, they plan for you know pandemics and, and stuff. So they've always been very conservative of how they've done things. And uh, no company that I've talked to have, in the mutual companies, now the stock companies probably are, but the mutual companies, they're not because how conservative they've always been. Um, you know, so they because they're they're not they don't put the money in the stock market. They're high. The insurance companies that we use are highly leveraged in bonds. So they know when to buy short and long term bonds. You know, now right now they're saying, you know, the bond market's crappy, but so is the stock market. Uh, in fact, this is kind of one of the periods of time in history that I don't know if it's ever been this way before where the bond market and the stock market have been, you know, uh, having problems at the same time. Usually, you know, if one's you know going down, the other one's a good investment or vice versa. But uh, this is, you know, this last year and a half or so, it's been terrible for both both sides, you know. But uh, like I said, these insurance companies know when to buy the short and long-term bonds. That's why they've been in, in business for as long as they have, and they're solvent. Right. Well, you know, if, if anybody pays attention to the economy or tracks the numbers, you know it's insurance companies <laughs> better than anybody else. Absolutely. And I think uh, that's why Edward Dowd is so smart to track the, the numbers from the insurance companies as he does, because it tells a, a, a really big picture story uh, like we won't get yes. from yes. what's being whatever the CDC or the FDA may tell us or, uh, you know, the White House, uh, the insurance company numbers are not going to lie. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that that's the statistics are what's proving what's really happening and the truth of what's really going on, you know, with this whole, you know, I, I just tell people, I said, don't, don't believe anything your, your public servants are telling you, the regulatory agencies are telling you, you know, it's just, you know, one of the things in the beginning of my book, the introduction I talk about, you mentioned about the constitution. Yeah. And I tell people that, you know, think about this. I said, you know, I believe in God enough. A person doesn't believe in God. That's that's fine. But we all know we were created, some, you know, by something. You know, yeah. I believe it's God. So then I believe God gave us the rules to live by. Yeah. Um, now, man and woman created, you know, governments. You know, who then created the legal societies. Who you know then are giving us legal entities and names instead of you know, hey, I'm a man that you know uh, sometimes acts as a an insurance agent or whatever. Uh, you know, versus you know, like a doctor, you know, these doctors are penalized if they give somebody a natural remedy over, right. you know, a pharmaceutical drug. You yeah. know? So I think we've gotten so 
far away from, you know, what our founders int- intended. And I tell people, I said, go back and read your Declaration of Independence. Listen, read the uh, usurpations, read what mm-hmm. they fought. We're dealing with all the same thing all over again. But I said, look what our founders did. You know, yep. I hope it doesn't take a revolution, but I, I don't know what, what's in store for us. But, you know, I just tell people to be prepared in that way, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We yeah, we we are. I think on the verge of revolution, we, we are in revolutionary times. It, it is unprecedented yes. historically. Um, it's funny. I, I've had this feeling since I was a very little kid that we would see times something like this. And uh, it hasn't right. disappointed. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't know why. It wasn't based on yeah. anything I could have known, but it just sure seems that way to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, and, and you know, it's just, you know, you, you try to prepare the best way you can. And I've, I've looked at, um, you know, being that I was blessed to learn about Ed Griffin at a young age and and then meet my mentor. I mean, and just looking at, you know, from from a standpoint of us, you know, as people, you know, I'm all about protecting everybody's you know, life, liberty and property. I, I hope people are wanting to do the same thing for me. And I think if we get that mindset, I think that's what's really going to turn people around because they they're dividing and conquering everybody. Through oh, absolutely. Yeah. Through, you know, you're you wear a mask. You don't wear a mask. You know, you get mm-hmm. the jab. You don't get the jab. You know, they've just got everybody just so fighting amongst herself. And I tell people, I said, we've got to stop that. I said, we've got to unite, you know, to, to protect ourselves. And I said, you know, some, some things, you know, you just, like I was fortunate living in Florida that we didn't have to deal with a lot of the nonsense, but whenever, you know, uh, governor DeSantis was early on, he was shutting down like the, the, um, uh, the beaches. And, and I actually called the office and said, look, you know, I didn't talk to him. I talked to one of his aides, but I said, look, I said, he doesn't have the right to do that. I said, right. you know, if I want to go to the beach and and take my chances, if what they're saying is true and I die, that's on me. You right. Know? But I 100%. said, you know, you can't, you know, and, and we, we, yeah, we can't be afraid of the boogeyman. I mean, everything, you know, whenever it's, I believe whenever it's my time to die, I'm, you know, it, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do to stop that. Yep. So I'm going to live my life. Uh, no, I'm not saying that not to be prudent about things, sure. but you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be you know, uh, afraid of the shadow every day. Right, right. Yeah, we just we can't live in fear. In fact, that is another tactic besides the divide and conquer. I think it is a very deliberate, like MK Ultra tactic that's being deployed through the military and through our uh, government servants. As this is the whole idea that fear, I mean, psychologically, it really makes you more controllable and manipulatable. There, there's a, a, a good friend of mine who used to actually look pretty deeply into this. And there's a part of the brain called the amygdala that is triggered and always, you know, ready to be on the alert for um, emergencies. And when it's really activated through whatever is causing fear or anxiety, you're not as rational. You're going to be more emotional and you're going to be in a more of a, a fight or flight sort of state. And um, knowing that if they can keep us in that constant state of fear, then uh, we're just going to be looking for whatever solution they throw at us. And of course, they're going to be the provider of whatever you know they want uh, to use to control us. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and I think that's where there's been a, uh, I've studied a lot on 
like mind control and, and just the subliminal stuff that happens. Uh, there was a study, and I believe it was in the 60s, that they put on the subliminal messaging on movie screens. And it was so fast that you couldn't, you couldn't see it. It was just a subliminal. But it said, eat more popcorn and drink more Coke. Uh-huh. And the sales went through the roof. Wow. Um, so, you know, and, well, that's been that long ago. So you can just imagine what's happening with the social media, oh, uh, you know, yeah. television, you know, uh, you know j- just everything that's going on. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I, I guess I'm one of the what people would cons- consider the conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, what's crazy about that is the conspiracy theorists have been been proven right. You know, repeatedly last year or two. Yeah. Right. It's, yes. it's, it's, there are conspiracies, but that is different from a theory, you know, when you can prove something actually exactly. happened and yes. man, oh man, being proven right in spades. Yeah. Um, yeah. so Joe, I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading your book all the way through. Um, sounds like some really good ideas in there. Um, going forward, sort of looking at what's, you know, facing us in the near future, what, what gives you hope? I think uh, what we talked about a, a minute ago there that I think people are waking up. I think, yep. uh, you know, and, and I talk to people in other countries that, you know, are, are just saying, Hey, you know what, we're tired of what's going on and, and we don't believe what we're being told. And, and uh, you know, so I, I think people are standing up and, and I think sometimes it's just a, the, the act of just saying, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, we don't have to be violent, you know, you right. just say, you know, I, I'm not, I'm just not don't comply. Do that. That, that's my right not to do that. Exactly. Yep. 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 So that, that's kind of where you know, I've been telling people, and this is kind of, uh, you know, my, you know, what I'm teaching financially, it, it, I tell people, I said, at the end of the day, it's your decision. Here's what I, I share with people. What I do is the mainstream uh, financial advice wants to wants you to give them your money and they want to manage it for you. Right. What I teach people is I don't want you to give me your money. I want you to manage your own money. I just want to teach you how to do it. So right. uh, that that's probably the biggest thing that that I the why I'm a complete 180 from the mainstream financial advice. Yeah. Well it, it sounds like really good way to go. Uh, really good advice. Uh, yeah, Joe, thank you very much for sharing your insight on that. And I want to give people some hope and give them you know, more solutions. And uh, I think this is something that can uh, definitely give people some hope in, you know, in options and what they can do you know, in, in financially uncertain times. So uh, definitely recommend other people sure. uh, getting your book. It is God's Way to Financial Freedom. God's Way to Financial Freedom. Great. And, uh, Correct. yeah. And, and, and again, it's on Amazon and it's on uh, my website. Great. Yeah. What is your website again? So folks can go there. Tivaldi.com. That's T I V A L D I.com. Great. Well, Joe, I look forward to talking to you again down the road and, um, seeing how you're doing. Maybe check back in a couple months and see, see where things are going. Likewise. Yeah. Folks, if you want to uh, get any further information, I'll I'll put those links, files, and show notes at libertynow.com for this episode. And until next time, remember to do the right thing, keep asking questions, and we'll see you next time.